you'll please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we're on the 17th stanza in our sermon series in Psalm 119, and we're going to be in verses 129 through 136. That's a mouthful to give that reference. <laughs> so, Psalms, please uh, turn in the Bibles if you don't have a Bible and flip on your screen or the Bibles in the chairs in front of you, you can turn to page 515, and I, I just encourage you to do that so you can see the flow of what's going on here with the scriptures and how this, this psalm is just walking us through the Christian life and showing us how to live to glorify God and the importance of the word of God. So Psalm 119, verses 129 through 136, this is God's holy word to us this morning. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise. And let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression, that I might keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. This is God's holy word. Let's ask him to add his blessings to it. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we, we ask that as we unfold your word this morning, that you would give light and that you would part, impart understanding to our minds. Help us to long for the truth that is here in your word. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I usually begin my sermons with kind of an opening illustration or story to drive home the biblical truth or point that I want to make in the sermon, but I'd like to do something a little different this morning. I'd like to start with a question, a question that I'd like for you to ask yourselves as we work our way through this stanza in Psalm 119. And the question is this, do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to grow in your faith? By that, do I, what I mean is, do you, do you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that is increasing every day? Every day you're wanting to know Jesus more and more. If you, if you answered yes to that question, if you want to grow, are you willing to do anything about it? Are you willing to, to maybe make changes or start doing something or stop doing something? Uh, so, so children, this morning, children, this is for you too. Do, do you want to know Jesus more? Do you want to love him more? Students and, and teenagers, what about you? Is, it, is an active and growing faith in Jesus Christ, is that something important for you or is that just for adults? But what about adults? What about those of us getting to middle age and above and beyond? 
is Christianity just become something that we just kind of do? Is it just part of our social lives? Or have we forgotten about what pursuing an active relationship with Jesus Christ is all about? Or is that just something that happened to us while we were in college? Could this be the time in our life where we're growing? Well, one of the chief instructions given to us throughout the scriptures, specifically in Leviticus and Hebrews, is that those who know the Lord and love him and seek to walk with him, we are to be holy. Be holy, God says, for I am holy. And this is not a suggestion. It's a, it's a commandment given to us by our, our Lord and our God. In other words, we are called to pursue holiness. We're called to grow in our faith. We're we're called to become mature and equipped followers of Jesus Christ. Accepting Jesus into our heart is not just something we do one time and we move on with our lives. It's It's a growing, active relationship with our Lord that we pursue every day. It's not a one time thing, it's for the rest of our lives. Some of the greatest encouragement has been given to me by some much wiser and older brothers and sisters in Christ who I see pursuing a relationship with Jesus every day, and they say, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of of Jesus and growing with him. May we all be that way. But one of the ways that we do this, one of the ways that we're to pursue holiness and to grow in our faith, it's it's not a mystery. There's not a secret It's through the life-giving and light-giving Word of God. It's the Bible that God has given us to help us grow. And God wants you to know this truth this morning and every day. That he, He gave us a book. He gave us words to live by, to follow, to grow in our faith. And that's why the psalmist says in verse 129 in this passage, Your testimonies are wonderful. They show wonders. They bring wonders to me, and therefore my soul longs to keep them, the psalmist says. And even more this morning, God wants you to know that when you open this wonderful book, when you read these words of life, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're tired, even when it doesn't feel important to you, when you do that, it's a supernatural thing that you're doing supernaturally reading God's word, light is given, understanding is given, wisdom is imparted to you, and sometimes whether you like it or not, God's word is that powerful. It helps us grow. The psalmist says, my soul pants for the word of God. Just imagine that dog that we've been running all day long. He just needs that water. May we have that same longing and panting for the word of God to pursue holiness and to grow in our faith. And thankfully, God's word this morning and every day equips us for how to grow in our faith and for how to pursue holiness. And so this morning, as we look at this stanza, the 17th stanza here in Psalm 119, that's the truth I want us to consider is blessed are those who pursue holiness by praying these prayers of holiness that the psalmist demonstrates for us here. 
Blessed are those who pursue holiness by using these prayers of holiness here in this stanza. And so here in Psalm 119, we're, we're shown how to walk with God. We're shown how to pursue holiness and to grow in our faith. But notice as we're going to look through these prayers that are specifically found in verses 132 through 135, that the psalmist doesn't pray these prayers and just kind of hope that holiness will happen to him. No, these are prayers that are moving him and causing him to take action and asking God to work in his life. Lord, move me, help me to grow, to pursue holiness. Because pursuing holiness is not something that is done to you. It's something by the power of the Holy Spirit that you do. We're called to pursue it, to to grow in grace. And these are the things that the psalmist is asking the Lord to do to him and through him. And so may we follow this example and use these prayers to help us pursue holiness in the Christian life. And so let's look at these four prayers and four petitions regarding pursuing holiness. Look there with me in first in verse 132. The psalmist prays, turn to me. He's addressing the Lord. Turn to me and be gracious to me. The first prayer request for holiness is the psalmist asking the Lord to turn to him, to show him his grace. Why, why Why would he ask the Lord to do this, to turn to them? Well, what he's doing here is saying, Lord, notice me. Lord, pay attention to me. Look at me. Just like that child that's excited to share with his parents something that he's done or something that she's learned. Hey, mom, dad, look. Please look. I want to show you this. He's saying, Lord, look. Look to me. Please pay me attention. Notice me. I love you. I I need you. Turn to me, Lord. The psalmist knows that he will not be able to pursue holiness by himself and in his own strength. And so he prays that the Lord would turn to him and look at him. But thinking about that even a little further, why does he ask God to turn to him and look at him? I mean, it, it kind of seems like a, an interesting prayer request because we believe in a sovereign God who knows all and sees all and is always with. So why would we need to ask him to look to us? Well, I think this is another example of why we need this prayer for holiness. Because this this psalmist's experience, the way that he feels right now, it's the way that we often feel. The psalmist is being honest here. He's expressing the way he feels. Lord, I, I don't feel you. I don't see you right now. It feels like that God may not be beside him, looking down on him and guiding him in that moment. And so he's pleading with God, not that God has left him, but he's saying, God, please turn to me. Show me your face. Help me to experience you and know you right now. Think about when Moses asked Yahweh God on Mount Sinai. Yahweh God is giving these instructions. He's he's speaking to Moses. He's helping him to lead the people of Israel, the The fiery presence and Shekinah glory of God is there with with Moses, but he asked for more. And he asked for one of the most audacious things that has ever been asked. Lord, show me your glory. And God says, no, I can't do that. No one can see my glory and live, but I'll let you see my 
my backside, whatever that looks like with the sovereign God. Lord, show me your glory. Moses just wanted that tangible evidence that, that, Lord, show yourself to me. Turn to me. I want to see your glory. I want to know that you care, and I want to know that you're there. And so this is a this is a salt. This is a prayer that we need to cry out. Lord, turn to me. But he makes this request with a qualifier. He wants God to show him his grace and to turn to him. But he says, do this, Lord, because of this truth, this rock solid truth, because God does this with those who love his name. With those who love your name. In other words, those who know you, those who know how awesome you are, your holiness, your graciousness, your providence, your sovereignty, all those things. Lord, you, you delight to show them to those who love you. And so, Lord, show it to me. This is a wonderful prayer for the love, for those who love God in his name. Lord, turn to me. Show me your grace as is you do with those who love your name. Couldn't you pray that today? Could that not be a part of your daily prayer life in pursuit of holiness? Lord, turn to me. Show me your grace through your word. Help me, help me to know you. The second petition, prayer request there that he prays in verse 133, he says, keep steady my steps. And let not sin have dominion over me. This second petition that the psalmist prays, he's asking the Lord to steady him, to steady his steps, to help him plant his feet firmly as he walks with God in the Christian life. This prayer echoes some of the wisdom given to us from Proverbs. Hear this from Proverbs 4. This is a father giving instruction to his son. This, in a sense, is the heavenly father giving instruction to us, his children. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. There is a great need for us to have a steady walk in life with the Lord. Why? Why would, we, why would the psalmist pray this? Why do we need to ask the Lord to keep steady our steps? It's because we're prone to wonder, aren't we? We're prone to get off the path. We're prone to go to the left and the right. We're, 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 we tend to go our own way, and when we do this, when we get off the path of holiness. We're led astray into our sin, into danger. And so we must pray, we must beg, we must plead that the Holy Spirit would order our steps and to keep us steady on the path of the Christian life. The reason that steadiness is needed is because, again, sin and temptation and the fact that iniquity that is our sin and our wickedness that the psalmist talks about here. It desires to have dominion over you. You know that that's what sin desires, right? That's what temptation does. That's the world, the flesh, and the devil. All of it wants to rule your heart. 
It's a draw you away from God no matter what. It wants to have dominion and sovereignty and rule over your lives. And this is the fallen world that we live in. And therefore, we need this prayer of holiness. We need help from above. That's why this prayer is at the heart of the Lord's Prayer. This is why Jesus taught it, right? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil so that it would not have dominion over us. And so we need this prayer because we all know that sin wants to have dominion over our lives. And we pray, Lord, please don't let sin rule and reign in our lives. Keep our steps steady according to your promise. Please do not let iniquity get dominion over me. I love this prayer and this counsel. I love it also, we, we read from Psalm 19 this morning in our scripture reading. Also this prayer that the Lord would keep us from willfully sinning from willfully going our own way and wandering and getting our steps off the path. These prayers are to help us in our pursuit of holiness. And so pray this. Pray this in your pursuit of holiness. Lord, I want you to have dominion over my life, not sin. The third prayer for holiness, the psalmist petitions the Lord in verse 134 is a prayer of, for redemption. Redeem me from oppression, the, Lord, the, the psalmist says. The psalmist is asking for relief from oppression. Specifically, he says, from man's oppression. We don't know exactly what the psalmist was experiencing here now and why he would pray this and what his circumstances are like, but I think we could all sympathize to a degree. Maybe right now you're not directly under opposition or oppression from someone or some group of people for your faith, but, but we all face opposition and oppression in some way, in some form in life. And I believe that we will all face persecution in some form one day. If not, if it doesn't happen today, it, it may happen one day, and so we need this prayer. Man may trouble and distress me, we sang. But Lord, please keep us. Please redeem us from oppression. Please, please let us not be driven away from keeping your word and living in obedience to you by the oppression of man. I mean, could you imagine being an evangelical believer in Nazi Germany back during the Great Wars? Could you imagine being an evangelical believer in China right now where you could be arrested simply for praying in public or attending a house church. This is what oppression looks like. But on a, a personal scale, in our own daily lives, we, we, we need redemption from those who would lead us astray, from from man's oppression, maybe on a, on a smaller scale. Those who would, who would drive us away from God and His Word. And that's why young people, children, students, it's, that's why it's so important that you choose your friends wisely. That those who are influencing you, those who 
call you friend and who you spend a lot of time with, are they driving you more to Jesus? Or are they pulling you away from him? So we need this prayer. Perhaps another way we could pray this prayer, Lord, redeem me from oppression that I might be able to fully concentrate and fully live to glorify you and praise you. Let me not be led astray. We need this prayer of holiness. The last prayer of holiness the psalmist mentions in verse 135. He's asking for the Lord to show him his favor in a spiritual sense. He says, make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. This petition, it echoes that priestly um, benediction, blessing from numbers that the Lord gave to Aaron and to Moses. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So the psalmist prays, Lord, show me your favor. Make your face shine upon me. Help me to love you, pursue you, glorify you. And this is a prayer that, would, that, would, that he's praying to help him. Lord, help me grow in holiness. Help me increase in sanctification. Help me die to sin and to live more to righteousness. Because, Lord, you are my teacher, and your word gives me life. Pray this prayer, brothers and sisters. Pray this. Lord, I want to grow in my faith. Give me your favor. Cause the light of your face to shine upon me and help me learn from your statutes. Help me to grow. I hope that you've seen this morning in these prayers for holiness that these are prayers that you can pray. These are prayers you should pray. That we're asking the Lord for help in the Christian life to grow in holiness. And so the way to do this is, is clearly laid out for us. That's why a lot of times we use these words for our prayer lives, to, to help us to grow, to help us engage with the Lord and, and not get stagnant with our prayers. Pray these prayers. Pursue holiness through them. God's word helps us to do this. It teaches us how to live a holy life. It shows us what it looks like to have a heart that longs for God and pants for his word. But this morning, there's another means of grace set before us. Another way that God has given us to help us grow in our faith and pursue holiness, and that is through the supper, through the meal that is before us. Communion has been set before you all morning long. Hopefully you've noticed it. It's there, wide open for you to see, for you to think about it, for you to long for it, for you to salivate for it, for you to pant for it. Not because this bread and this juice have any mystical or magical power, they they do not. But they are very visible and tangible reminders 
of the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel and his grace to us. It's a reminder that Jesus died, that his body was broken, that his blood was shed, that God has turned his face upon us, and he has shown us grace, and he's offered us this meal to spiritually nourish us and to help us grow. And so this meal is yet another reminder that God has shown grace to us, that he has made the light of his grace to shine upon us. He's turned his face toward us. He's offered us everything we need to pursue holiness. And so may God turn to us. May he be gracious to us and help us to pursue him in holiness. Let's pray. Father, we ask now that you would turn to us, that you would be gracious to us, as is your way with those who love your name. Lord, help us to be steady on the path of the Christian life according to your promises. And Lord, please, we beg you, let no iniquity have dominion over us. Lord, redeem us from oppression so that we may honor and glorify you and keep your precepts. Lord, make your face to shine upon us, your servants, and teach us this morning your statutes. Help us to see your grace in this meal before us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.